Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and on Volunteering At, we explore volunteer organizations and provide insight into how job seekers can keep their skills sharp and resume full by volunteering. And today we're with Hannah Richards, Manager of Global Business Development at Room to Read. Thanks for joining the show today, Hannah. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit more about Room to Read and kind of what your mission and values are? We provide access to literacy and gender equality and education throughout Asia and Africa. It's actually a really interesting model where we work with local communities and governments to develop literacy skills and a habit of learning among primary school children, as well as ensure that girls have the skills and support that they need to complete their secondary education. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a variety of programs. We, you know, we really look at education in a holistic view. So we provide teacher training on reading and writing instruction programs. We establish libraries. We actually commission and publish children's books. We build and renovate schools. We provide life skills training to girls. So we really try to take the full approach with the notion that world change starts with educated children. Sounds like you guys really bring it full circle and you look at the entire, you know, start to finish of where the problem is coming from, maybe why these children aren't getting the education that they're needing and then taking it all the way to funding and publishing your own books. So when and where were you guys founded and what was kind of the impetus behind your cause to get all of this started? We started in 2000. The organization is actually based in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, it started as an organization that was providing books specifically just for Nepal. And then it really kind of developed out of that. And now we're actually in 10 countries across Asia and Africa. But one of our founders, John Wood, was actually traveling in Nepal and uh, he's an avid reader himself. And he found it mind-boggling as he was traveling that there are so many schools without books and without resources. And so he came back really fired up to make a difference. And, and that's where the organization really came, how it came about. Well, I think that's great that he, from personal experience, kind of determined that there was a need and then created his own business. So how long have you been with the organization? And can you tell us a little bit about what you do there? Sure. I have, I actually just recently hit my two-year anniversary with the organization. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I work on the global business development team. We actually fundraise across multiple markets. Mm -hmm. So my role is specifically with our chapter network and then with our annual fund to really see if we can amp up where we're going for that, for the organization and across all our different markets. So I work really closely. We've got an office in Sydney and London and Mumbai and... Tokyo and Hong Kong, as well as our San Francisco office and New York office. We've really expanded quite a lot in 14 years to have offices all across the globe. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of, you mentioned your chapter network. How can individuals get involved with Room to Read and kind of contribute to your cause? One of the ways that we've actually become so successful is because of our volunteer network. We've got a really extensive group of dynamic individuals, and they're, they're also all around the world, which is a lot of the offices that we have throughout the world are actually, in many cases, grew about because we had such a strong network of individuals, and we felt like we needed to support those individuals by creating offices in those cities and countries to help support all the work that they had already started. And so we right now have nearly 50 chapters around the world. And what's exciting is it's, you know, each chapter really operates almost as its own kind of hub of innovation. And they are, you know, throwing their own events and and their own initiatives and really taking some local outreach tactics to really Mm -hmm. get their networks involved with what we've got going on. 
So it's been, I mean, a huge part of our success because of our chapter network. So it's a pretty, pretty amazing group of individuals that are very dedicated to the cause and are fighting the battle every day in terms of making sure that we are able to meet our fundraising goals and able to build the awareness awareness about the organization. Can anyone join a chapter if they know of one that's in their local community? Yeah, we've got, again, we've got chapters in nearly 50 cities around the world. So our structure is basically set up that we've got chapter leaders, that core committee, mm-hmm. and then there's always openings if someone's interested in just volunteering for a few hours or for a specific event, they just want to help out. There's kind of a, a pretty wide range of um, activities because we've always got so much going on. Are you looking for a particular skill or personality that's kind of ideal for these chapter roles? Or are you just willing to kind of accept anyone who has an interest? Well, I think that because each chapter really does kind of function independently. I think that there's so many skill sets that are that are always needed because I okay. think, you know, whether it's event planning or volunteer coordinating or communications officer and with social media skills, there's just kind of so such a vast kind of skill set need. So I think on that piece there's there's so much opportunity. Uh, in terms of, you know, kind of overall individual, I think you know, we have been able to scale so quickly. And I think that's because we've, again, the chapter network has been filled with such really passionate individuals that really believe in the cause, really dynamic, very action-oriented individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably the biggest the biggest proponent that, that, that is helpful because I think that the more that someone's really, to, really willing to kind of roll up their sleeves and, and get in there and help us out, I think the better. Now, do you have any volunteer opportunities for students, whether that be high school or college students looking to get involved? We actually, we have a really great Students Helping Students program. Okay. It actually kind of functions very similar to our chapter network in a lot of ways, but we've got a lot of schools that will do, and it's always, you know, kind of student-led, or not always, but often Mm -hmm. student-led, you know, we'll do read-a-thons or a lot of kids will do like bake, you know, bake sales or, you know, fundraising events and and bring about enough money to build a school in another country. So we definitely have from all levels, from, you know, grammar school, high school, and we're just actually starting to build out a university program. So there's a lot of opportunity for students as well to get involved in what we've got going on. And since you're on a global level, are there any volunteer opportunities available abroad if someone from the United States is interested in kind of going out to these local communities where the schools are being built and where your your books are being distributed? We do do site visits okay. throughout the year. But in terms of volunteering in country, we actually don't do that. We mm-hmm. work really closely with the local governments and with local communities and develop partnerships. And so our staff on the ground is actually locals. And we actually really pride ourselves on that, that there isn't kind of this notion of, outsiders coming in to to help out. It's really, we wanted to create an industry in country in terms of the staff that work in country. And then on, on top of that, when we're making a decision whether to enter into a specific region of a country, for example, and, and where we're going to go for this school or that program, the community itself has to, we basically come up with like a challenge grant where the community itself has to support the initiative. And they actually have to, in whatever way they can, whether it's, you know, providing cement or bricks for the building or whether it's, you know, sweat equity. Basically, we want the ownership to be on the community. So there's much more that kind of goes on in country than than any volunteer program that, that goes into a country and, and volunteers at the site. That's a really interesting way. It's a little bit different than what you normally see where, you know, 
hundreds of volunteers from across the world kind of descend on one local community. And it's a little bit overwhelming for those individuals. So it's great to see an organization that is really putting it on the community to make it their own. And that must create an overwhelming, amazing sense of accomplishment for these individuals. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a lot more sustainable, too, because then that community knows not only how important, you know, again, if they've built a school, they kind of understand the importance of it and, and know how to maintain it. Because as much as we want to help and continue to scale, we have to come up with a system where we're able to actually walk away from programs and they can continue to sustain themselves. And that's really built into our model to make sure that in all of our programs, you know, whether it's a library or school or what have you, or our, you know, our teacher training, that it really is going to go on for generations to generations, Mm -hmm. regardless of kind of where we're at. And that will allow us obviously to really expand into different regions and not just stay focused in the specific areas we're already in. I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, and that's those site visits. Can you walk us through how those are coordinated and how people can kind of get started with something like that? So throughout the year, we have a variety of a variety of site visits that go on. All the travel is obviously up to the specific individual, mm-hmm. you know, to get themselves to that specific country. Right. And then it's really a half day that going out to specific sites to see schools, to see the children, going through the programs, you know, kind of depending on which country you're in and which program you're focused on for that specific site visit. There's, it's a really great opportunity to kind of see the work in action. And to get to actually interact with some of the local staff and, and ask them the questions of kind of what their, what their struggles are in a day-to-day and where they're seeing the most success. And it's a really exciting opportunity to kind of get a more hands-on approach about what we're doing. I'm just wondering if you could share with our listeners one of your most memorable stories about your role or you know things that you've heard about Room to Read doing and kind of how they've really benefited communities, something that's a little bit personal to you. I've been working with the organization for, uh, as I mentioned, two years, and I just this last October was able to go see the work in Laos with a group mm-hmm. of our chapter leaders, actually. So it was, you know, it was a really amazing opportunity because all these individuals, you know, a lot of them have been committed to the organization for years and years and have been speaking about our programs and bringing in, in their networks and fundraising on our behalf and, and yet had never seen the work. And so it was a pretty emotional journey to kind of go through that with them, that all of us had been so dedicated to the cause and mm-hmm. had, and yet had not, you know, firsthand seen the work, and, but had been talking about the work for so long. And I think for me, what one of the most amazing pieces was actually meeting some of the staff in Laos. One of the women who actually runs the, our girls' education program in Laos, she's obviously one of my colleagues, but I'd never mm-hmm. spoken to her before. And meeting her on the ground, it was so interesting to start to get her story and to hear that she had really struggled when she was young to get her own education. You know, as a girl, her family had been very opposed to her continuing. They really needed her to stay at home and help out with the family. And she really struggled back and forth with kind of juggling school and, and family obligations and really stuck with it. And worked to get a, a scholarship through the government. And it was just really every step of the way was a struggle for her to kind of continue with her education. And just firsthand had really gone through all the challenges um, as a young woman and, and making those decisions and, and trying to kind of etch out a path for herself. And the fact that now that woman is working in one of the regions where she grew up and is actually leading the program that, you know, 
has all these social mobilizers that go out into the different regions and try to identify girls that are struggling and, and try to have conversations with their parents to make them understand the importance of education and keep girls in school. It's just such an amazing cycle to kind of know that she's gone through this whole process and feels so strongly about our programs and is seeing those girls day in and day out and working with the social mobilizers and just has such a dynamic team under her. It was just really inspiring to see kind of on both both levels, both the children that are being helped every single day and then also this woman who also is empowered by working with this organization and and a, being able to really lead something that she just feels is such a personal thing for her and she feels so mm-hmm. strongly about. Yeah, I think that was one of the most amazing moments just to kind of hear her story after having interacted with the girls themselves and hearing their personal tales uh, just for me really came full circle. And that's an amazing story. And thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. If someone's interested in kind of joining a chapter, getting involved, or making a donation, who should they get in contact with? Our website is a plethora of information. The website is www.roomtoread.org. And if you do go to backslash chapters, there's mm-hmm. a lot of information about the cities where we're in, and you can actually connect directly with chapters to get more information about how to get involved in your local area. And then the website also has a lot of information about our programs and how to donate. It has a lot of information about our Students Helping Students program and how to get your, you know, your child more involved or your child's school more involved. We're always looking for more people to get involved. So there's a lot of great information on the website. And with that said, we will close out today's show of Volunteering Yet. So just want to thank Hannah for joining us and sharing her experience and advice. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to lgnradio.com. If any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at lgnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LGN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your job search. Mm-hmm.